Okay, welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Tuesday, July 10th. As always, we are presented by D's Home Cuts. Uh, I'm your host, Travis Karcheski. It's just me today. Uh, Truman's at work right now. You're probably going to get just Truman on Thursday because I'll be at work on Thursday. Uh, but don't worry about it. You're not going to hear me the whole show. Uh, me and Truman recorded an interview with... Uh, Lynchburg Hillcat, Cleveland Indian catcher, uh, Logan Ice. Uh, that's going to be later on the show. We pre-recorded that, so Truman is going to be in that. It's not just going to be me. Um, another great interview with another professional athlete. You know, Logan was really great to us, give us his time. Uh, that's something we've, that's been in the works for a long time. You know, it's not just Packers. You know, we, we're trying to get more athletes on the show from a bunch of different teams. We just started with the Packers. Um, but we're going to get more guys from different teams. Hopefully, we got a couple other things in the works right now. Uh, so just, you know, keep listening to us and you'll see, uh, you know, who we bring on. Hopefully, we can get, you know, more guys from different teams. But, you know, Logan was really great to us and uh, it's a re- it was a really good interview. So check it out. And, uh, you know, it's going to be on a little bit later in the show. But before that, you know, we've been gone for a week and NBA free agency has been insane. Uh, it sucks that they do free agency during July 4th because most, you know, people aren't really working, you know, during July 4th, you know, sports people or us, you know, we were in vacation. We didn't really have great service up there, so we didn't want to provide you with a, you know, below average show. So we wanted to uh, take a break a little bit, but, you know, we were chomping at the bit trying to get, you know, a show on. You know, we really wish we could have done a show during free agency because, you know, like I said, they do it during July 4th. Uh, last year, a couple years ago, KD announced he was going to the Warriors on July 4th, which kind of sucks because you're just trying to enjoy your, you know, your holiday. And next thing you know, uh, the NBA is ruined because KD goes to, you know, Golden State. But this has been one of the most exciting free agency periods. It's about a span of two to three days where things just go and go and go and go. And guys just move from team to team. And every time you're checking, you know, Woj has another, you know, Woj bomb that he's setting off. Um but obviously the biggest story, LeBron to L.A. Um, he decided to sign, I think it was a four-year deal with the Lakers, uh, which is interesting because he, he claims to be a big Northeast Ohio guy, but he refused to commit to the Cavs long-term. But, you know, it wasn't even a second thought when it came to committing with the war to the Warriors, to the Lakers long-term. Um, but I don't know what this does for his legacy. I, as being sitting on the outside, you know, I've never really been a LeBron fan. I think this destroys his legacy a little bit. You know, he could have easily stayed with the Cavs. I get it. It was a frustrating process. Uh, Dan Gilbert wasn't, you know, giving him the players he needed, I guess, even though they have the highest payroll in the league. Um, and LeBron just couldn't do it anymore. It was too frustrating. And I understand that there's some, sometimes, you know, you have to step back and realize that the situation isn't working anymore. But LeBron claiming to be a huge Cleveland guy, you know, you know, why would you leave them two times if you love them so much? It doesn't make sense. But LeBron to L.A. is interesting. Uh, I know a lot of people didn't expect this to happen because I know the Lakers always make claims about signing, you know, Paul George, uh, Chris Paul, um, Boogie Cousins, all these guys, and then they end up with, you know, Timothy Mozgov or something. But they did come, come through with this. They did sign LeBron. That was big. Um I know a lot of people are saying, you know, why sign with the Lakers? The Lakers aren't that good of a team. This isn't a team that's going to take you to the finals. And that's true. I don't think the Lakers are going to take – I don't think LeBron's going to take the Lakers to the finals next year. But I don't think he meant to do it that way. I don't think he thinks that he's going to the finals, you know, next year. Um, this is LeBron, again, making a secret, you know, sneaky 
surprisingly successful move to LA. This team is young. This team is full of a lot of young superstars. They had a fantastic draft class last year. Obviously, Lonzo Ball was a little bit of a letdown, but picking up, you know, Josh Hart and Kyle Kuzma, who's going to be Kyle Kuzma is going to be a really good player for years to come. Those two guys have potentials to be, you know, very good players. Kuzma, I think, has potential to be a superstar. Hart is also a very good player off the bench. Uh, and Lonzo Ball has the potential to be somebody who could really help LeBron, you know, down the stretch. So I think this is a move that's going to take a couple years. I don't I don't I think a lot of people said they're gonna get Kawhi. I don't think they're gonna get Kawhi this year. I think the Spurs want Brandon Ingram. I don't think the Lakers want to give up Brandon Ingram because they know he has the potential to be another superstar. Um so just looking at this now, you know, they got Josh Hart, Kyle Kuzma, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram. You know, those are some of the some really young, good, solid, talented players um, that I think LeBron could really help mold them into something, really something to watch in a couple years from now. So I would say year two to three of his contract, this team starts to take off, and they start slowly chipping into the Warriors. Because the Warriors, again, we're going to get into this in a minute, you know, they got Boogie Cousins for a one-year deal. He's only going to be there one year. They're not going to sign him to a long-term deal. They don't have the money for that. Uh, Kevin Durant's not going to be there much longer. Uh, Draymond Green and Klay Thompson, their contracts are coming up. So that's that, those, that Warrior team could start to crack a little bit. And, you know, oh, it's a big opportunity opens up once the Warriors start to crack in that West. Uh, and I think the Lakers could be right there at it. Um, maybe they do sign Kawhi a year from now when he becomes a free agent. I don't think Kawhi's going to get traded. I know a lot of people are saying, you know, He's gone. Why would he stay there in San Antonio? Uh, I don't think he wants to stay there, but I think Popovich, they, they kind of have him hostage right now. So we'll see what happens. Do they do they keep quiet on their team, and does he play this year, or does he kind of sit out again and, you know, pout for something? Because something went on there, and um, God knows what, but and eventually it's going to come out. But I could see Kawhi as the guy who just stays there. He, he really wants to get traded, but he'll stay there, and he'll sit the bench, and he won't play at all. He'll claim he's injured again because uh, I don't think he was injured the whole time last year. I think he could have played. I just think something happened in that relationship with Popovich and Leonard that we'll ne- we won't know for a couple of years, but once we do, you'll start to understand why Kawhi decided to sit and you know hide from the Spurs. Uh, so we'll see what happens. So I think a year from now, I think next season, I think the Warriors got it. Um, it's going to be Warriors Rockets. It's going to be interesting to see what happens there. But I think the Warriors Rockets are the two t- two teams in the West to look for. Lakers are going to get to the playoffs, maybe a sixth, seventh seed. Um, LeBron's going to do his thing, but I think he's going to make these young guys a lot better. I think he's going to make Lonzo a lot better, and we'll see what happens. But we're going to get into that a little bit more later because I want to talk about Boogie Cousins to Golden State. So DeMarcus Cousins signing with Golden State was a shock. Uh, one year, five point three million dollars, cheap deal. People are saying, you know, why would he go there? Why did he do this? You know, he hates the Warriors, all this stuff, and it's just talk, and it's talk, and it's talk, and it's boring. I don't want to hear that anymore. The Warriors, I get it. This is one of the most interesting teams ever assembled in the NBA. To make to, to be able to win championships with four superstars is crazy to me. And people might say, you know, why is it crazy to win a championship with four all-stars? Because it's hard to keep these guys in check, these big personalities. But it just works. And it works because Steve Kerr is such a fantastic coach. And I think he's easily going to make this DeMarcus Cousins things work. Um, He's coming off an Achilles injury. He's not going to be playing for half the year, maybe even longer. Uh, They basically just signed him as a rental for the playoffs. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I don't think... 
people understand, you know, the mindset of the Warriors GM, you know, what are they going to say? When Boogie Cousins comes to the Warriors and says, hey, I'm interested in signing a cheap deal, $5 million for one year so I can, you know, win a ring, get the ring, you know, out of the way so then I can go sign a max deal somewhere else. And plus I can uh, heal my injury. I'm not going to be forced to come back as fast as possible, you know, in other places like New Orleans, who they, who they need Boogie Cousins. The Warriors don't need him right now. He's going to be a very big help in the playoffs. But uh, they just don't need him right now. So it's going to be uh, interesting to see. You know, it's cool to see that Boogie Cousins can kind of sit for a year, take his Achilles, heal it up, get it to this, the best possible shape as possible so he can come back and dominate in the playoffs. But going back to that, what do the Warriors say when Boogie Cousins says, I want to come here for $5, $5 million for one year? What are they going to say? No. They're just going to say, no, that's too unfair. We can't do that. People are going to hate us. No, the, the GM's job is to sign the best players possible and make it work under the salary cap. And if, and if DeMarcus Cousins wants to come in on a cheap deal, he can. That's his choice. He's a free agent. He can do whatever he wants. And, you know, the Warriors' one position in that starting five that's kind of been, you know, up in the air the last couple of years has been center. You know, JaVale McGee, Zaza, Pachula. Um, these guys have been good for them off the bench, but they haven't really been solid starters. Uh, but now they have that in the playoffs. They're going to get DeMarcus Cousins. And I think Steve Kerr is going to get it to work. Don't People are saying, you know, it's not going to work. These personalities are too big. And Steve Kerr is just not going to be able to, you know, contain them all. But he will. He's a good coach. He's a really good coach. And I think that's why this is such a unique situation. Because this is a team where it's, everything just gels perfectly because of Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr is a fantastic coach. He's not just a guy who just rides the coattails of Steph, KD, Draymond, Clay, and now Boogie. He's a really good coach. He knows how to coach these guys. They like him. They relate to him well. Players like him. You know, he's NBA play, a former NBA player. Um, so that's why I think it works so well. And it's not going to be there forever. I think this is probably the last year you'll get him at full force because I think – you know, it's going to slowly start to crack here soon. You know, Draymond leaves, Clay leaves. One of the, Once one of those five guys leaves, it's going to slowly start to crack. But this is the best team of all time. Now, just based on paper, I know we haven't seen them play, you know, on the court. I think it's going to work. Uh, this is the best team of all time. They got a really – they got a solid bench. They have the best starting five ever, I think. And it's going to be crazy to see them in the playoffs. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Uh you know, it's cool. Like, I mean, this team was favored to win the championship, and then they go out and they sign a guy who's just going to propel them into even the higher lengths, even though, you know, how much further can you go once you've already projected to win the whole thing? Um, but we'll see what happens there. I know people are angry about Golden State, but it was a good move for them. And, um, I mean, I would have done it if I was the GM. Anybody else would have done it if they were the GMs there. But – Another move in free agency, not really a move in free agency, but Carmelo Anthony. Everybody knows Carmelo Anthony is my guy, one of my favorite players, my favorite player of all time. He is, I think, one of the most underrated players in NBA history. He's a top five offensive player of all time. I think if you take Kobe out of the equation, he's probably one of the best pure scorers in NBA history. Um, but I guess the war, I guess the Thunder want to trade him. They want to get rid of him. They don't want him on their roster anymore, which is understandable. I understand he had a, he had a pretty bad year last year at Oklahoma City, but he is still a top player in the NBA. Uh, I think you put him in the right system, he becomes Carmelo Anthony. You know, a couple years ago, he still has the offensive ability. I get it. He doesn't want to play defense. He's not very good at defense. Um, 
but trying to force a guy who doesn't who, who isn't very good at defense to play defense doesn't work. Uh, you put him in the right system, Carmelo Anthony's going to thrive. And whether that's L.A., I think L.A. is his top option. He really wants to go play with LeBron. He's been wanting to play with LeBron the last couple of years. Although I think LeBron doesn't really want to play with Carmelo. I know they're best friends off the court, but I don't think he wants to play with Carmelo, which is weird. Um, because most people want to play with their best friends, but I don't think he does. I don't think he really wants to play with Carmelo Anthony, uh, even though Melo really wants to play with him. Um, so I think Elias is top choice. I think he ends up in Houston. Uh, Chris Paul really wants him, and I think they have a lot of money right now. Uh, they're willing to pay him. They're willing to trade for him, although I think he does get bought out. I don't think they're going to find a trade partner for him. I don't think the Thunder are going to find a trade partner for him because nobody wants to pay Carmelo Anthony $28 million, which I understand. Um, he didn't have a great year last year, but I'm a Carmelo guy. Um, I think a secret team, too, is the 76ers. I think the 76ers are a team that could be in play here, bring a veteran presence into that locker room. Um, but Carmelo is going to contender. He wants to win a ring. That's his. That's the biggest black mark on his career right now is he has no ring. Um, and that's. I think he's going to go to a contender. I think the dark horse team completely out of left field would be the Warriors. I don't I think that's the smallest possibility, although I think it's a possibility. Which would be insane. I think the Warriors would be the only place where he'd be okay with coming off the bench. Um and he'd be a fantastic off the bench piece, although he doesn't come off the bench. He starts. He knows that. Everybody knows that. So don't don't even think for a second he's going to he's going to go to a team and sit off the bench, sit on the bench, you know. Um he's going to just going to go ahead and he's going to be okay with that. Cuz he doesn't want to sit on the bench. Okay? Um, but we'll see what happens there over the next couple weeks. It's going to be interesting. Wherever he goes, I go. It's just how it's been the last couple of years, and I'm not going to change that right now. Um, but we got to move on to the next. I could talk about Melo for hours. I think he's the most disrespected, underrated player in the game today. Um, but a couple other smaller, not smaller moves, but Chris Paul, Paul George, Jokic, all staying with their teams. You know, Not really shocking. Um, these guys are in good systems right now, so they're going to stay with those teams. Uh, DeAndre Jordan to the Mavericks, which I picked. We're going to talk about that a little bit more in a second. With, I'm going to go with the best signings, I think, so far, and the worst signings so far. Um, I'm going to start with the best signings. I think the best signing, which is kind of crazy, obviously LeBron to L.A. I mean, he's instantly going to make your team better. But I think the best signing so far was Rajon Rondo to the to the Lakers, which... Is shocking. Why? Why is that? You know, such a big signing. I don't think it's the biggest signing. I think it's the best signing. Rondo is what Lonzo Ball could be. He's a, he's not a shooter. Rondo and Ball can't shoot. They they're not good scorers. But they are the some of the they they are really good talent. Being a floor general point guard, somebody who just sees the whole court, sees potential moves, and just dishes out assists after assists, and does provide a little bit of scoring here and there, but not that's not their main talent. They're assist guys. Rondo's going to come to LA. He's going to I don't know where they're gonna put him, maybe off the bench, although I think he should start over Lonzo. Um, and he's going to teach Lonzo how to be a pass first point guard, and that's going to really help his career. Lonzo's not a shooter. He's not a guy who's going to come off, who's going to come out there and score thirty. He's a guy who's going to give you a triple double and assists. 
um, and maybe some rebounds here or there. He's in, but he's not going to be a high scorer. He's going to give you 10 to 15 points a game at best. Another signing I really like was Julius Randle to New Orleans. They have to replace Boogie Cousins somehow. They like their two bigs, you know, that two big lineup uh, with Anthony Davis and Boogie Cousins last year. But they signed Julius Randle, who is a very good center. Um, I, if I was the Lakers, I was really hoping they would sign him because I think he's another young talent. But he's a guy who's got a very high ceiling, and I'm excited to see where he goes. Worst signing, I think, so far is DeAndre Jordan. The Mavericks have been wanting DeAndre Jordan for the last couple years. They signed him to a one-year, $22 million deal, which is insane because the Mavericks aren't a team that's going to compete next year. It makes no sense for me. Why would you waste a bunch of money on a center who's going to help you out, but they're not going to compete last year, next year? They don't have the talent to compete next year. They got a very good young core in Dennis Smith and Donkick, but DeAndre Jordan, I just don't think fits there. I think he really I don't know why he wanted to go there so badly. I don't really think he fits there right now, and he's not really a part of their plan because he's just not the type of player who's going to you know help them rebuild. He's going to provide some stability in that front court, and you know he's going to sell tickets and he's going to sell jerseys for Mavericks fans, but I don't know what's going to happen there. This team is old. Um, they're starting to get some an influence of young talent. You know they got Harrison Barnes there, um, but we'll see what happens. Uh, I don't really like that signing, though. And another worst signing, I guess not really a signing, is I don't understand why Jabari Parker or Clint Capella haven't been signed yet. Those are two very good young players. Clint Capella, Jabari's got the knee injuries, but Clint Capella had a very good year last year. We'll see what happens there. They're going to get signed here soon. Two very good young players. I know Truman would like to keep Jabari. I don't think that's going to happen because I don't think the Bucks want to deal with the headache of his knees anymore. Um, he's a guy who is kind of like Derrick Rose. You know, He has a lot of talent, but... Those knee injuries are just killing him, and he's just not going to be what he could have been if he would have stayed healthy. But that's it. That's my two cents on the NBA free agency. I know that's a lot uh, about NBA. We don't really talk that much about the NBA, but just a lot. A lot has been going on since we've been, you know, out of the studio. So we're going to move now to football. We got to move a little bit quickly because you know Logan Ice interview. Uh, we want to get that in there. Uh, but we wanted to remind you that our show is also brought to you by D's Home Cuts. D's is the best place around Northeast Ohio for a great haircut at a low price. For only seven dollars, D's will provide you with a modern haircut and styling. Truman and I have been getting a haircut over at D's for the last couple months, and we have never looked or felt better. The cuts get better every single time because D's is always upgrading his equipment, and uh, he can give you the so he can give you the best haircut possible. You can find D's home cuts on Twitter or Instagram. DM him for an appointment, and you will not be disappointed. Just go onto his Instagram, search D's home cuts, and it's really easy. You can set up a haircut in the bio. It's really easy, really quick. You can find your time, and it's just really quick and easy. Uh, D's home cuts, professional haircuts at a low price. So, I listened to the show Truman did a couple weeks ago, uh, about a week and a half ago, and he did you know our thirty-two teams and thirty-two shows. He did the Broncos again. He's supposed to do the Raiders. Uh, that's our fault. I should have you know talked with him a little bit. So we're gonna do the Raiders this week. We're gonna have to move a little bit quicker. We can't do thirty-two teams and thirty-two shows because we still have the whole NFC to do, and we are um, getting close to training camp here. So the Raiders six and ten last year underperformed. So what did they do? They went out and they fired their coach. They hired John Gruden. Ten years, uh, I think it was like $100 million. I think it's more than that. I'm not sure. But ten years for a head coach is crazy, um, especially for a head coach who's been out of coaching for the last couple of years. But John Gruden's a very good coach. Um, they've added a lot of talent over this offseason. You know, Doug Martin, Jordy Nelson, Martavius Bryant, uh, Rashad Melvin, Ryan Switzer. A lot of these guys have had problems in the past. Doug Martin, Martavius Bryant. Uh, Rashad Melvin, uh, 
you know, Martin and Bryant have been dealing with, you know, drug problems and stuff like that. Melvin's been dealing with injury problems. Jordy's towards the end of his career. And Ryan Switzer's a very good rookie. These guys are all guys who have very high ceilings but very low floors. So if all these moves could work out, this is a very big offseason for the Raiders. I think Doug Martin, when he's got his, his shit together, he's one of the best running backs in the league. Jordy Nelson, you can see what he does, you know, with Aaron Rodgers. Uh... Martavis Bryant, a guy who's kind of a headache, but he has he does have a lot of talent. Rashad Melvin is a very good corner who just has been dealing with injuries over the last couple of years. I really wanted the Packers to get him because I think he's a guy who's a good you know flyer. Take a flyer out on him, and uh, he could really help out your secondary. But they they didn't really lose that much. They lost Crabtree, who was kind of their you know number two guy, a very good number two guy. Uh, but they again they replaced him with Jordan Nelson and Michael and uh, Martavis Bryant. Uh, we'll see what happens there. I don't know how Jordy's going to do without Aaron Rodgers. You've seen guys like James Jones, Greg Jennings. You know These guys go to different teams, and they just aren't as good as they were because they don't have the best quarterback of all time throwing to them. Um, but the draft, they had a pretty good draft. Uh, they started out really slow. People really weren't liking the moves they were making. They, take, they took Colton Miller in the first round to kind of stabilize that offensive line for years to come. Um, then their second round pick, I think, I forget his name, but he wasn't supposed to be even picked in the second round. But they really made up for it from the third round on. They took Arden Key, who I think was a first round talent, first late first round, early second round talent, good pass rusher, who's just going to add to that. Probably, again, you look at Bosa and Ingram as the best one-two pass rush. Clowney and Watt when healthy is there too. Irvin and Khalil Mack is one of the most deadly pass rushers in the NFL. Two really good, fast, young pass rushers. And Khalil Mack is a top-ten player easily. Um, but they added Arden Key, who could be a very big help even adding to that pass rush. And this team's going to be scary. But then they took, I think, one of the most interesting picks. In the fifth round, they took Maurice Hurst out of Michigan, who was a top-round, number-one-round talent. Um, but he had the heart condition. Uh, he claims he's fine, and if he is fine, that is a steal in the fifth round. That's probably the biggest steal. If he's if he's healthy, that's a huge steal. But this team does have a lot of talent. Derek Carr took took kind of a step back last year, but I think John Gruden's going to help him, you know, get back to where he was. Uh, Marshawn Lynch towards the end of his career, but he does have a little bit of spark left. He's not a, he's not a number one running back anymore. Uh, I think when Doug Martin gets his like I said gets his shit together. He's going to be that number one guy, but they do need to add somebody, I think, here soon. Like I said, Khalil Mack, top 10 pass rusher, best player on the team. Uh, Amari Cooper, another very good wide receiver. Irvin, Donald Penn, Jared Cook. And this team has a very young secondary with Carl Joseph, took first rounder, Gary on Conley, first rounder. And then the guy from Connecticut, OB, I can't pronounce his last name, the safety. Uh, this is a very young secondary who, if they all kind of come to work, kind of live up to their potential this could be a deadly secondary of deadly defense um so i think this team flips their record from six and ten to ten and six i think Derek carr steps up has a better year i think we get a little bit more production out of jordy nelson uh i think this defense kind of leads this team uh Derek carr becomes a very good quarterback again you know he, he wasn't last year i think he becomes a top 10 quarterback again um and I think this team kind of gets off the ground a little bit. John Gruden has a really good first year. They go 10-6. and six. Um, I don't think he's going to play out that 10-year contract, though. I bet you he does get fired year 6 or 7. I don't think he's going to be there for 10 years. But you never know. 
So that's it for football. Again, I'm sorry I'm moving a little fast, but I want to get to this interview with Logan Ice because it is really good. Um, so sticking with baseball, uh, we had the All-Star uh, ballot was released, uh, the AL and all NL. Uh, a couple snubs I wanted to go through in the AL, obviously Blake Snell. That's the biggest talk around the town. Why isn't Blake Snell in the All-Star? He has the lowest ERA out of any you know pitchers in the AL. He's a very good pitcher. I, he's he's going to be there next year. Um, easily, he might get that last vote in. You never know. I think he should. Um, and then the NL, I'll give it to Truman. Jesus Aguilar is crushing it. He's leading the NL in home runs right now. He's hit home run after home run these last couple games. But I understand that a little bit more because he has come on kind of late, and the Brewers are kind of notorious for having guys who just hit you know a bunch of home runs and then kind of fall off. You know, Chris Carter, uh, Eric Thames, guys who just because Miller Park, as much as Truman hates to say it is a home run hitter park. Um, but I think Jesus deserves it. Uh, former Indian, uh, you know, I'm glad to see that he is doing really well in Milwaukee. But I just wanted to talk really quick. I, I could get into this for hours. The MLB all-star ballots and all-star project selections are so screwed up. It's just a popularity contest. Guys like Bryce Harper, I love Bryce Harper. He has no business being in the all-star game. He's batting 218. I get it. He has a bunch. He has like 20 home runs, but he is batting 218. He is not an all-star caliber player. Jesus Aguilar is a way better player than Bryce Harper right now. And I get it. It's in Washington, D.C. Bryce Harper is the most popular player on the Nationals, but he has no business being there. He is batting 218. There's other guys. You look up and down the roster who have really no business being there. Salvador Perez, he's batting 220, I think. But he's, they're just there because their name, and they're guys who who do have the potential to be, you know, all-star caliber players. But they're just not right now. They don't deserve it. And I think guys who younger guys who have been working really hard, who have been, you know, showing out, they deserve it more than Salvador Perez and Bryce Harper. Um, I know a lot of guys voice their opinion on this, but it's just a popularity contest, and it just frustrates me a lot. But there's nothing we can do. Um, you know. I don't think it should be a fan vote anymore. I think it should be voted on by – I think the fan vote should come into play. But I think, you know, the writers and, you know, should ultimately come into effect. Because stats are the, what's most important is to see if you're an all-star. Bryce Harper, all-star caliber player. Everyone expected him to be there. But he shouldn't be. If you really dive into it, he's batting 218. He's not batting anything close to all-star numbers. All-stars should be batting 290 upwards. Um, or if they're not, if they're batting like 250 upwards, they got to have a bunch of home runs. Um, 218 is unacceptable for an all-star guy. 220s, I, I'm not exactly sure what Salvador Perez is batting, but he is not batting all-star caliber numbers. Okay, so that's it right there. I just wanted to voice my opinion on it. Again, I could talk for hours on this. I could go down the whole list of the AL and NL all-stars, and I could give you guys who do not deserve to be there. Um, uh, and I could give you a list of guys who do deserve to be there too. But I'm not going to do that right now. Um, I'm going to move on because we do have to get to Logan's interview. Uh, I wanted to go to a segment that we really have been trying to get off the ground a little bit, the what would have happened, and I really am enjoying it, um, so we're going to stick with it. Uh, but before that, I wanted to remind you that our show is brought to you by A's Lawn Service. Since 2014, A's has been providing professional landscaping services to many homes around Northeast Ohio. By using professional equipment, A's constantly strives to provide families with professional landscaping at a low and fair price. Are you tired of being dragged around by bigger landscaping companies? Of course. Turn to A's and trust me, your lawn and your home will never look better. Trust A's for all your landscaping needs and you will not be disappointed. 
The phone number is 330-241-2392. Again, 330-241-2392. And the email is lawnservice.as at gmail.com. A's Lawn Service LLC. You grow it, we cut it. So go ahead and give Andrew a call. But now we're going to stick in our segment of what would have happened. Uh, we've done two Cleveland sports ones. We've only done two so far. You know, what would happen if the rain delay never happened in 2016? And what would happen if LeBron never went to Miami? Uh, we're going to do a little bit of a out. It's not out of the box. A uh, little bit different. It's not Cleveland sports. Although Cleveland does play impact, does have a little bit of an impact here. And we're going to talk about John Elway. So if you know the story behind John Elway, he was picked by the Colts. He said he's going to play for the Yankees if the Colts don't trade him. They ended up trading him to the Broncos, and the rest is history from there. So I wanted to do what would have happened if the Colts wouldn't have traded Elway and it just kind of forced him to play um, and would have called his bluff. And that's exactly what the Yankee thing was. It was a bluff. Elway would have played for the Colts that year. I think Cush, who was the coach there, who he really didn't like, I think he would have eventually been fired. But Elway would have played for them. He wasn't going to play for the Yankees. He was a way better football player than a baseball player. Um, and I, I know his first love was football, so he would have stayed with the Colts. Probably gotten a little bit of backlash, but he would have eventually signed um, once the Colts got rid of Cush and put a new guy in there. But it's interesting because if Elway would have stayed there, Baltimore football would have been – Baltimore Colts football would have been hugely successful. He would have transformed that franchise, and they would have stayed in Baltimore. The Colts would have stayed in Baltimore. They would have gotten their new stadium. They wouldn't have moved to Indianapolis. Um, and I think the Colts would still be there today, which is a huge fallout. Because look at this. If they would have stayed there, the Ravens wouldn't have existed, so the Browns would have stayed. They wouldn't have went to uh, Baltimore. Indianapolis wouldn't have had a team, so I think the Jaguar, the Jacksonville franchise, the expansion team, would have went to Indianapolis. I think Indianapolis is a better football town than Jacksonville, no offense. Um, so, again, no Ravens. Um, no Ravens. I, I don't know what the name would have been, but the Indianapolis Jaguars, uh, the Cleveland Browns would have stayed. They wouldn't have left. Um, and that team, that coaching staff of Nick Saban, Bill Belichick, the names go on and on, would have kind of stayed intact for a couple of years and this team Bill Belichick would have stayed and this would have been a very interesting uh team to watch for but for me it hits close to home because I think the Packers would have won that Super Bowl I don't know who they would have played and I, I didn't dive too much into it but I think they would have won that Super Bowl that LA beat them in uh I think the Chargers would have gotten Peyton Manning which would have been another interesting pick because the Chargers then would be very successful where I don't know where Philip Rivers would have ended up I don't know where Ryan Leaf would have ended up and I think that would have even impacted Eli Manning uh you know right there I just it's just it's insane when you really dive into these things you know what would have happened if blah 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 doesn't go here or there it just it's just a whole you know landslide of different things could have happened and uh it's cool to see um kind of go into that and see what would have happened if certain things didn't happen uh so we're gonna move now i did have a couple questions but i think we're gonna move those to thursday's show just because we are at about 30 minutes and i want to get enough time for logan's interview uh but before that i want to talk about it a little bit uh logan ice he's the catcher for the indians he was this not for the Indians, for the Lynchburg Hillcats. He was their second-round pick in 2016. Uh, he played played at Oregon State, who you know just won the College World Series. We talk about that a little bit. Um, Logan's a guy who he's a 20th rank, 21st ranked prospect for the Indians. Uh, we've been trying to get him on the show for the last couple weeks. He was actually the first athlete to say that he would come on, um, but uh, due to some some time you no know, restraints, we couldn't get him on. 
till we couldn't interview him till yesterday, Monday on the ninth. Uh, but we did finally get the interview with him. Um, cool guy. Uh, you know, it's interesting to see, you know, a lot of guys say, you know, we have Francisco Mejia. Logan's probably not going to reach the majors with the Indians, but I, I, I think he could. Uh, I think Mejia is a guy who's going to be a trade piece in this upcoming deadline. So once Mejia goes, everybody's going to get bumped up, and I think Logan's going to finally show his ability in double-A. He wasn't double-A for a little bit this year, uh, but he's an interesting guy because he's not – he doesn't have the best bat, but he is one of the best defensive catchers. He was the best – one of the best defensive catchers in all – college baseball a couple years ago and he's still showing that today in Lynchburg so if that bat increases a little bit I know the Indians really value defensive catchers they don't really care that much about offense which is why they signed Roberto Perez to an extension because Roberto barely bats over 200 but he's a very good defensive catcher um and once Roberto and Jan you know kind of leave a little bit or towards the end of their career I could see Logan making the jump to the majors with the Indians um if he gets that bat fixed a little bit I could easily see him going to the majors and becoming, you know, a staple there for a long time, and uh, which is cool. I think he has a lot of potential to reach the majors, which is really why we wanted to get him on because he's he's an interesting guy. You know, he's got a very interesting story and uh, some very interesting answers to some questions. So enjoy the interview with Logan Ice, and uh, I'll once that's over, I'll end the show, and you guys can move on. So we now welcome on uh, Cleveland Indian catcher Logan Ice. Uh, we'll start right there. What's it like to be introduced as a pro baseball player? Uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, I mean, it's been a lifelong dream. So um, to be able to attempt to fulfill that that dream of, of playing professional baseball and, and playing in the big leagues one day, it's pretty cool. Did you always want to be a pro baseball player? Was that always your dream? Uh, I mean, yeah. Uh, I just kind of was a sports uh, sports junkie when I was when I was growing up, so it kind of varied from season to season whether I wanted to be a pro basketball player, baseball player, football player, whatever it was. But um, I'm I'm not the biggest of stature that I found, you know, not yeah. six fives and can jump, and so um, I don't think football or basketball, as I got a little bit older, um, mm-hmm. we're gonna play into that one. And and I like baseball, so. Um, as I got a little bit older, I think that was kind of it. Kind of started to, um, uh, I guess, narrow itself, and baseball became that that goal and that dream. So you played at uh, Oregon State, who obviously they just won the national championship. Uh, how cool is it to watch, you know, your former teammates and coaches, you know, win the College World Series? Uh, it was a blast. Uh, fortunately, the the in the finals. Um, you know, we had games ourselves that were pretty much at the same time. Obviously, the, we were on a little different time zone than they were. They were at Central, and, and I'm on the East Coast. But um, I didn't get to watch those final three games except the last, like, two innings of each game, which honestly was all right. It was pretty fun to watch that part. But um, some of the other games, you know, leading up to it, um, I got to watch just because we got um, canceled games and whatnot. So, um, it was a blast, though, man. I played with a lot of those guys. Um, and, I mean, when you go to Oregon State, that's you come in as a freshman, and that's, like, the only goal that everyone has on their mind is to go to Omaha and win that thing. So um, those guys have been trying for three years, some of them four, some of them five. And so it's pretty cool to see them be able to finish on top. To be picked by the Cleveland Indians. Yeah, so um, – you know, I don't know necessarily if it's surreal to be picked by the Indians, but 
to be drafted, I mean, at all, and to be drafted where I got drafted was pretty cool. Um, to be able to spend it with, um, I got drafted. I, I was at I was at my house with some family and friends, and so it was pretty cool just to be able to. I mean, not many kids get to say that they got drafted in general, and then you know to be drafted on the first day of, of the MLB draft. I mean, not not many people get to say that either. So, um, you know, it, it was pretty cool. Um, I got to enjoy it with my family, so that was cool too. Going back to draft day, uh, did you have any idea, you know, where you're going to get picked or, you know, were any teams looking at you? Did you have any idea of where you're going to be drafted? Drafted? <laughs> um, you know what's funny? The draft is a really um, – the draft is a, a big crapshoot, man. So, yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of people – you've probably heard of all sorts of stories. I don't know. Maybe you haven't, but um, – you know, a lot of a lot of kids get told, "Oh, you're going to be, you know, we got you slated in the back end of the first round, or we got you in the beginning of the second, or you're a fourth round draft pick." And you know, that time comes around and they end up not getting picked, and now their hearts broken and and they don't understand why. And now, you know, it kind of goes into a downhill spiral because guys don't understand why they didn't get picked when they got picked, or their agents telling them, "Hey, man, you're a, you know, the Mariners want you to pick." you know, 14, that's probably where you're going to go, and then they don't pick you, and then you don't go to the third round. And mm-hmm. um, So, you know, I, going into my junior year, um, you know, I was kind of looking at the bat, like the seventh round to like the tenth round is kind of where I was looking, and, you know, luckily I had a, a really good junior year, and it pushed me up the draft board. Um, but honestly, me and my agent just kind of were, you know, we're telling all this jobs, like, hey, I, like I want to play pro ball, like, if you got a chance to take me, take me as high as you can take me because I'm going to sign. So, um, you know, I, I would say top five rounds is kind of where we were looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously there's teams that were, that were talking about taking me like 14th overall, teams taking, talking about taking me like 30-something overall. Um, and then there's other teams that, you know, had me slated in the fourth and fifth round. So, you know, it's all team-based and opinion-based, but we didn't really get – too caught up in like where where I was going to get picked, just hoping I got picked. Mm-hmm. So at Oregon State, your biggest asset as a catcher um, was your defense. You won Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. What makes you so deadly behind the plate? Uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm smart. Um, I feel like my baseball IQ and instincts are pretty good. Um, and I really think that's, that's kind of the I think I think the the priority of any catcher, and I think some people would argue with me on it, but my opinion on catching is you're a servant to the pitching staff. Um, you have to be 100% devoted to making them and getting the most out of them. Um, and so when I think you do that, it makes your job easier because you don't put any pressure on yourself to be anything more than just a servant to them. Um, and so... You know, you're talking about receiving and blocking and all those things that come so easily when you're trying to um, help those pitchers. And so I think just a combination of that, and I think I'm a smart baseball player, and so I think they kind of work hand-in-hand and and allow me to to do the things I do. So you're playing in Lynchburg right now. You know, how's the the season going so far? It's going good. Um, You know, it's kind of been – you know, pro baseball is a, definitely a long season. It's a marathon, so 
There's been mm-hmm. some ups, there's been some downs, there's been some more ups, and there's been some more downs. Um, you know, you just kind of have to weather the storm, and baseball is unfortunately very unforgiving and <laughs> and a really tough game, and so you're not always going to be on the upside of it all. So, um, you know, you just take everything as a learning experience and, and try to move forward with it and, and learn and get better for, for potentially the next step, whether that's double A or triple A or, um, you know, whatever it is. So, mm-hmm. Do you pay a lot of attention to the catchers in the, in the Indians um, organization, whether it's in double A, triple A, or even the majors? Do you pay a lot of attention to them? Um, well, I'm going to kind of shift your question a little bit. Um, I pay a lot of attention to what they're doing on the field as far as, like, what I can learn from them. Um, but, you know, I kind of deflect that question a little bit. But, yeah, I, I mean, you do. It, it, you'd be stupid to not know what's going on in the system. Um, and, I mean, you're rooting for those guys, too, because ultimately, like, it's not about, like, hey, I want to get to the big leagues with the Indians. Like, yeah, that'd be cool to get drafted and make it all the way up with the Indians. But it's probably not going to happen. It's just not how this is not how it goes. Um, mm. Trades happen, you know, pre-agency, um, the Rule 5 draft happen. I mean, there's all sorts of things that can move you. Um, and every team's trying to find their big leaguers. So, you know, it's, it's more about getting to the big leagues and, and staying in the big leagues than it is getting to the big leagues with whatever team drafted you. Mm. Um, so, I mean, it's the same thing for any of those guys that are above me or below me. It's like I want them to get to the big leagues just as much as I want to get to the big leagues. And, you know, whether that's with the Indians or not, then, then it is what it is. But you definitely know who's in the organization, who's doing what. Um, I mean, it's, it's hard to say that you don't know. You know, you spend spring training with them, you spend time with them. So you definitely know. All right, so switching gears a little bit. Uh, if you could, who would be your dream pitcher to catch for? I know you probably catch with a lot of very good, very talented pitchers. But if you could pick one pitcher, you know, past or present, major league, uh, who would be your dream pitcher to catch for? Sure, that's a good question. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I've got some pretty good ones now being in pro baseball for a little bit, but um, I'd probably go like old school. Um, I'd probably say I'd probably say Pedro Martinez just because a good one. I think he. I think he was the epitome of, like, the ultra-competitive pitcher. Mm-hmm. And he obviously had nasty stuff. So I'd probably say him. He had all sorts of crazy – I mean, his ball moved all over the place and got all sorts of swings and misses. So mm-hmm. I'd probably say him. him or Randy Johnson, probably. Oh, yeah. I don't that's know nice. if I like team Randy Johnson as much just because he didn't really know where he was going as much. But I still think it would be fun to see what, what he had on the mound at – seven feet tall almost and throwing a hundred. Yeah. So you say you, you have a busy, busy schedule. When you get your off days, what do you typically do on your off days? So I'm not going to lie to you. I don't do a whole lot on my off days. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I try to relax as much depending on if my fiance is in town or not. We like to, we like to go hiking and, and do some outdoor activities. Um, but for the most part, I try to just relax as much as I can. I mean, you, We'll be lucky to get a day off a month. Um, sometimes there's two, but, you know, you're pretty much playing every day, every month, every day of the month. So 
when I get it, I try to just relax and keep my mind off baseball. Um, and if, if my fiance is in town, if we'll go hiking or, or go outside and do something. So, mm-hmm. yeah, not a whole lot. So, uh, what, who is the best pitcher you faced, you know, uh, whether it's in college or, you know, pro ball? Who's the be- most talented guy you faced? Um, I mean, if you're talking in like an actual competitive game, um, mm-hmm. I mean, in spring training, you faced all those big league guys like Kluber and Carrasco and Salazar and mm-hmm. those guys. So I'd probably say one of those guys, like Kluber. Um, I guess Kluber or Carrasco. Uh, yeah. But as far as minor league guys, um, or college guys. I'd probably say Cal Quantrill. He went to Stanford. He's in, I think, LA right now with the Padres. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. He's a pretty good pitcher. Yeah, so wrapping it up again, what's your walkout song? I, uh, I, I had White Sand by Migos, um, but they, they don't play it for me here in Lynchburg, so I don't, I don't really know why. So I typically get Ice Ice Baby from them, which is very unoriginal. Yeah. And um, they just play a array of music for me, and it's kind of lame, but it is what it is. I don't really care a whole lot. So yeah. Uh, so th- we ask everybody this who comes on. You know, who is your favorite athlete ever? You know, it can't. It can be anything. It doesn't have to be baseball. Who's your favorite athlete? You know, of all time. Um. Well, I think the obvious answer for me is LeBron. I just think – I don't even think it's necessarily basketball that I, I admire so much. I think off the court, what he's done with his finances, his business, his personal business, his business of, you know, mm-hmm. his personal image. Like, I think he epitomizes what – not only a, a professional athlete should be doing, but what people in society should be doing. Um, I mean, it's it's really impressive what he has his hands tied tied into and um, how successful he's been, not just money-wise, but just in the game of basketball and, and in his community. So I'd probably just say LeBron, uh, just because he's been so successful on and off the court. And then your last question, what's your favorite sports memory of all time, whether it's personal or watching, whatever, just what's your favorite sports memory of all time? Favorite sports memory. Um, uh, I'd probably say um, I'd probably say winning the Pac-12 in college Mm -hmm. my freshman year. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, so I'd probably say, probably, probably winning the fact, well. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, well, that's it for me. I don't have, do you have more questions? No, I'm all right. All right, well, we thank you, Logan, for coming on. You always thank you for giving us your time, and, you know, we're, we'll be watching you and we're rooting for you. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate yep. you having me good, good luck, Logan. Thank you. Appreciate it. Take care, guys. Huge thanks to Logan Ice for coming on and giving us his time. I know they got a very busy schedule, especially, you know, baseball. It's game after game after game. So we thank him for coming on. Again, that's a name to watch for if you're an Indians fan in the next couple of years. Uh, I think he's a guy who could easily move in, move fast in this organization. You know, next thing you know, he's in double A. Next thing you know, he's in triple A. And then he's in the majors. You know, uh, baseball's crazy like that. 
But again, we thank Logan for coming on and giving us his time. Uh, I don't know how the interview sounded. I haven't listened to it. We don't really like listening to our voices after we, you know, record. It's a little little awkward to listen to yourself talk. But uh, we do check it for sound, you know, just in case. But um, we did. I dropped. I was walking around the room while Truman was asking a question, picking up something, uh, or getting a drink of water or something, and I picked up like a coin and I dropped it during the middle of it. So that's that sound you hear. Uh, it's like a metallic bang. Uh, but Logan was cool. He didn't really say anything about it. But we did drop his call though about three minutes in. The drop, the call drops. We had to re uh, do it, and uh, that's why if there's a little bit of a you know lapse in between, that's why. Um, but uh, we picked right where we left off. But it was cool to listen to him. Uh, talk about his experiences in baseball so far. Um, it's just been a dream these last couple, three three or four shows, you know, talking to athletes. We never thought we'd ever get to this point. Um, but we're going to try to get more guys on uh, from different teams. I know a lot of us, a lot of you guys aren't Packer fans, so listening to Tim Boyle and Zach Triner speak wasn't, you know, the coolest thing in the world. But, you know, for us it is, you know, talking to pro athletes. We don't really care what team they're from. We just would love to get more interviews with pro athletes or guys, you know, who are, you know, in the minor league systems. Because I think, a lot of times you don't hear from a lot of those guys, minor league guys, um, practice squad guys, because you, know, you hear more from the bigger names. But they they got a lot of experiences, which are cool. You know, uh, they can relate more to you know the younger generation or guys who never really made it in sports. You know, you you relate to those guys a little bit more, um, and because they got a lot of really good experiences uh, around the teams, being around big time players and stuff like that. Um, so Logan was cool. Uh, I can't wait till we get more guys on. We got a couple more interviews in the works right now. Uh, I don't exactly know when they're going to be recorded or when they're when it's going to happen, but stay tuned. Uh, check our Twitter all the time. You know, like I said, that's where we post all of our stuff. Uh, so again, that's the end of our show today. We want to thank you to our sponsors, D's Home Cuts and A's Lawn Service. We ask that you go on iTunes, give us five stars, rate, review, subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at TNT Sports Talk Twelve. DM us questions for the show. Uh, if you want to come on and be a guest, DM us. Uh, if you have any sort of questions, comments, concerns, advice, uh, something we can work on, something you love, whatever, just send us a DM. It's always open. Uh, you can listen to us on 12 Ounce tomorrow from 12 to 1 Eastern. Um, also find us on YouTube, our new YouTube page. Subscribe to that. Um, that makes it easier for the Android users to listen. I want to thank you to our guest, Logan Ice. Uh, great interview. Uh, we thank you for giving us this time. Have a great day and tune in on Thursday.